Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You know, when you look back now, did they ever really have plans to grow the business? Were they just trying to keep this under the radar so they could dismantle the assets? Welcome to episode 23 of The Great Fail, a podcast that examines the greatest success stories and their spectacular fails. What led to the demise of the most prolific people, brands, and companies. I am your host, Deborah Chen, and this week we'll be looking at SkyMall. In September of 2019, Scottsdale resident William Lance Mullins was sentenced to 42 months in prison and ordered to repay $2.8 million in restitution to 125 former shareholders. He pleaded guilty to misleading investors, performing fraud on a scale that included inflating stock prices, pumping shares from less than a dollar to more than $7 per share between 2012 and 2013. During that time, he personally made a million dollars from selling his own shares right before the stock price tanked, leading to many investors losing millions of dollars. Mullins was deemed mastermind of stock market manipulation, where he had assisted the merger between two companies. And those companies were Exhibit Corp and the beloved airplane catalog company, SkyMall. Welcome to the story of SkyMall, flying by the seat of your seat back pocket since 1990, crash landing in 2015. There's something delightfully nostalgic about SkyMall, particularly around the holidays, probably because it was a time when more people were traveling on planes and looking for that tchotchke gift or cool gadget that they would find in a SkyMall magazine. And there were no shortages of the quirky, whimsical, yet impractical gifts. SkyMall offered an array of weird stuff like Roswell, the alien sculpture, something to jazz up your lawn game, or a night glow toilet seat, or even Biffy Butler bidet sprayer, toilet paper holder, and iPad stand, which did everything I just said. It held your toilet paper, your iPad, while spraying your you-know-what. These were just a few ridiculous yet intriguing items they offered in their catalogs. And for a long time, SkyMall's business model worked. Think about that time period around the 1990s when electronics were 
outright bans throughout the duration of the flights. And other than the laminated emergency safety card, there was very little entertainment to keep you engaged. What Sky Mall had was a captive audience and very little to do other than ponder over the idea of owning Biffy Butler Bidet. And as such, Sky Mall became a staple of airline travel. And at one point, it had an annual circulation of approximately 20 million copies distributed in airplane seat pockets. And how it got there was a fascinating story all in itself. This iconic classic Americana behemoth was an idea birthed by an accountant and not without some trials and tribulations before hitting success. Originally, the founder, Bob Worsley, was expected to follow in his father's footsteps, also an accountant. But one day, on a flight from Seattle to Phoenix, he found a tiny catalog in the back of a seat pocket in front of him. This catalog contains really low-end merchandise, like fish ties and other inexpensive stuff. And that's when a light bulb went off in his head. Because it just so happened that was the year that airphones were launched, enabling passengers to use their credit cards to call anywhere in the world from the sky. What better way to combine retail with phone orders while on a flight, he thought to himself. Worsley seized that opportunity to put together a business plan, lock down two investors, and sign on three airlines. By 1990, he was in business. However, his original business model turned out to be a logistical nightmare because what Worsley had envisioned was that as a passenger in the sky, one could peruse the catalog, place orders on the airphone, and then receive their product from baggage claim. Sounded easy, but it wasn't because the warehouses had to be close by the airports, the delivery costs became super hefty, and crowded airports impeded much of the delivery. By 1993, SkyMall was losing $6 million a year. By the next year, Worsley made a pivot, and through this turnaround, drastically changed SkyMall's business model. First, he went to the airline partners and cut their 20% commissions from the products to now 6%. He scrapped all of his warehouses and let his catalog partners handle all the buys and returns. So Sky Mall could still offer the silly garden gnomes, except now they were charging the manufacturers of these products a lot more money for real estate in the magazines, along with a 6% transaction fee, which a portion was then given back to the airlines for exclusivity. This move became a critical one that created high barriers to entry and locked Sky Mall as a monopoly in the aerial retail distribution space. But unbeknownst to SkyMall, it was about to hit some major turbulence. Close to the turn of the millennium, things were changing pretty rapidly. By 1996, everything was starting to go digital, and SkyMall launched its website, SkyMall.com. But by 1998, although the company saw two years of straight profitability, it was starting to feel the wrath of Amazon other competitors, and more entertaining distractions during flight time. It seemed SkyMall was becoming more archaic and beginning to miss the mark of innovation, not attracting a younger generation of travelers, and losing digital engagement with its audience. 
Here's Seven Volpone, former advisor to Exhibit and SkyMall. So, you know, some of the problems with SkyMall really started long before um, my team was involved. Uh, but from my understanding, uh, in, in the research that we did, uh, there was a lot of legacy issues. You know, one of them was, was this failure to innovate. Um, they had these legacy deals based with the airlines on, on super high fixed rates um, on fuel rates. And eventually the, the price of jet fuel had dropped um, and, and SkyMall management, you know, were stuck paying exorbitant fees, but, but they never went back to renegotiate those fees because they were afraid that it was going to, you know, disrupt their, their deals. Um, and therefore they spent way more money than they should have um, in, in putting the magazines on, onto the planes. Uh, another issue that, that, that they had, which was, a, which was a key issue, is that as technology started to catch up and the airlines started to um, allow Wi-Fi, uh, they had more competition on the planes. And they had an opportunity to, on the magazine, say SkyMall.com or to promote SkyMall.com so that they could really take their user base off the plane and start to grow a more of an e-commerce uh, or digital relationship with them. But they were afraid to go back on legacy contracts with brands and advertisers who, who were, were paying fees to them so that they could have exclusive rights to this, this in-flight audience. And they didn't want to disrupt that. And you know that, that really eroded um, the, their ability to pivot from just a magazine in, into the perception of being a, a, a digital company. Keep in mind, the seat back pocket is an incredibly valuable real estate, and SkyMall was seeing its own demise ahead, but still didn't have the courage to defend their position with their brands and advertisers. But in addition, they also missed a major opportunity by not embracing Amazon. Yeah, yeah. my understanding is that at one point they had the opportunity to uh, work with Amazon, but they were they were unwilling to do that. Uh, they had their own uh, distribution that they tried to set up early on in the company, which which didn't work, and and um, you know they I think they really missed the boat by not making this connection with Amazon earlier. Between 2001 to 2012, SkyMall was thrown around to several owners. First, by Gemstar TV Guide for $47 million. But Gemstar was only interested in SkyMall's billing system for selling its own merchandise using their interactive TV feature. That turned out to be a flop and put SkyMall back on the market the very next year. SkyMall still had a solid core business and it continued operating through various ownerships until it fell into the hands of private equity firm Najafi Companies in 2012. By 2013, SkyMall merged with a newly formed company called Exhibit Corp, which touted itself as a cloud marketing software company. I actually had the opportunity to visit the exhibit offices in Tempe, Arizona from the time of its launch and several times afterwards. And I remember being really intrigued by this emerging company. The office resembled a Silicon Valley startup, super high ceilings, really industrial-like decor, kayaks lined up against the wall, and a really young, vibrant energy comprising 20-something-year-old entrepreneurs. 
And so when I found out later that there was a merger with Sky Mall, it seemed like such an unorthodox fit. But as crazy as it sounded, it might have been exactly what was needed. Here was this dynamic group of tech entrepreneurs who could likely breathe life into a 20-year-old dying brand with their cloud marketing service and lead generation business. Here's Exhibit's former director of business development, Brian Love. You know, the term cloud was, you know, fairly new at that that point. We're talking 2011 when, you know, a lot of things were cloud-based solutions, meaning they just, you know, live online. Um, but we... We were determined to create cloud services, um, you know, including our own email, um, ESP, uh, email platform for for brands and and marketers to use. But primarily, our business was focused on uh, generating uh, advertising revenue. So, if we were, you know, creating campaigns for clients or helping sell products, um, a lot of what we did was email marketing for companies um, that were launching a product, and that could be anywhere from the nutraceutical space to you know, furniture, clothes, and um, at one point we had, you know, dozens of uh, large blocks clients that we would serve or service through, uh, you know, third parties. Um, but we were really a powerhouse um, in data and then also, you know, monetizing, you know, records and uh, that individual data. So we would sell data and broker data, but then we would also, um, you know, monetize and sell products uh, through that data, primarily through email. Um, which wasn't a, a, a very glamorous um, business to be in, but it generated us enough revenue to, you know, kind of jumpstart. Some of the other things that we were focused on, um, some of our internal properties, uh, building cloud platforms, and then it eventually spearheaded us into, you know, wanting to provide clients with superior services, you know, in design and building out not only, um, you know, web solutions and e-commerce solutions, but actually designing, you know, ecosystems and apps um, when the big app boom of, you know, 2012, 2013 um, was happening, we, you know, focused a lot of resources into uh, building a team around, you know, servicing those clients and creating bigger um, and better products. That was before SkyMall came into the picture. But before we get into that, here's a quick word from our sponsors. You know what's something you should never fail at? Good insurance. That's right. In scary times like this, it's more important than ever to have good, solid coverage. And it's a daunting task. Having to scour, research, speak to agents, ask the right questions. Where do you even begin? But that's the beauty of Policy Genius. The team there makes it literally fail-proof to find you the right coverage at the best possible price. They combine a cutting-edge insurance marketplace with help from licensed experts to save you time and money. First, head to policygenius.com to answer a few quick questions about your needs, and then they do the rest. They'll compare rates from the top 30 insurers to find you the lowest quotes. Policy Genius saves their customers an average of $1,000 per year just by comparing their quotes. Their licensed experts will look at ways to even bundle your policies to get you an even lower rate. And if they find something cheaper than what you're paying for right now, they'll switch you over for free. There's a reason why they've earned five-star ratings across 1,600 reviews on Trustpilot and Google. You know you read those reviews. So if you own a home, a car, you're planning your estate, you'll need to get over to PolicyGenius.com right now to get started. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp Online Counseling. Is it just me or do things seem a little harder these days than eight months ago? Is there something interfering with your mental wellness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Let's face it, we all need a little help sometimes, especially with what's going on in the world today. If you think you may have an issue with stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, or depression, BetterHelp offers online licensed counselors who are trained to listen and help you today. You can connect in a safe, private online environment that's fast and convenient. It's not self-help. This isn't a crisis line. It's professional counseling at your fingertips. Just fill out a questionnaire specific to your needs and get matched with a counselor within 24 hours. Then secure video or phone sessions, plus exchange unlimited messages. Everything you share is confidential and you can request for a new counselor anytime. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash thegreatfail. Join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, it's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash thegreatfail. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The world of cryptocurrency can be a bit daunting, but a lot of people have made money off of it, and some even swear by it. In fact, crypto assets have been one of the best performing assets of 2020 so far. So if you're looking to add Bitcoin to your retirement account or looking to diversify your portfolio, check out BitTrust IRA. BitTrust IRA helps you seamlessly and securely add crypto to your portfolio. And if you're worried about security, they store your private keys in nuclear bunkers with military-grade encryption. They have 24-7 trading platform, no minimum investment, and best of all, they have a team that will guide you through everything. And they also have the lowest trading fees in the industry. For a limited time as a TGF listener, BitTrust IRA is waiving any sign-up fees, which is awesome because they usually charge $50 for that. Go to bittrustira.com slash TGF. That's B-I-T-T-R-U-S-T-I-R-A dot com slash TGF. 
So we just heard from Exhibit's head of business development, Brian Love, who talked about the inception of Exhibit and their service offerings. That was before Sky Mall got introduced to them. And when it did, it initially sounded like a consulting project to design and modernize the company. You know, the picture, it was, it was really inspiring. It was really, it was really fun. So we were all very, you know, optimistic. And I think that, you know, that when Sky Mall approached us, um, initially it felt like it was a consulting project. You know, they wanted to modernize the brand. Here's a successful Phoenix-based company that, you know, behind the scenes had this huge loyalty business um, that we could apply these, you know, marketing techniques to. But then they had this failing, you know, consumer-facing business on the planes, which is the, you know, the magazine that was becoming less and less profitable and, and becoming phased out. And, you know, even the weight of the magazine itself plays a role in, you know, the, the bottom line for the airline. So we were figuring out a way to, you know, or at least propose ideas on how to, you know, modernize and revolutionize uh, SkyMall as, you know, the, most of the population knows it, you know, including it in a pitch with, you know, Delta and trying to incorporate the magazine into, you know, the digital seat backs or the screens, um, you know, while bundling, you know, loyalty and rewards. These are all you know, concepts that we proposed and, you know, done extensive work on, um, especially, you know, our, our late COO, uh, excuse me, CCO. But, you know, all of that was, you know, in part a ruse, I think. Um, you know, the, the, the plan had already been mapped out from the, from the beginning, um, in my, from my perspective. And if things were mapped out from the very beginning, what were the red flags? Well, look at, looking back, I mean, in hindsight, there was red flags even before the Sky Mall. You know, the stakeholders in the company were largely people who had never been involved in public companies, who'd never been um, involved with, you know, investors that were trying to, you know, hold up the value of the company or continually investing to keep a stock price. So, you know, the whole concept of stock price manipulation, it felt so foreign, although, you know, we've all heard of it and everybody knows that it occurs, it felt so foreign or distant and, you know, impossible that it could be happening to us. And so, you know, most of us were just focused on the day-to-day business and trying to drive, you know, revenue and then also deliver on these creative concepts. And, you know, nowhere in the back of my mind in the first, you know, two to three years were, you know, were any really red flags. Now, looking back, um, yeah, definitely there, there should have been things that we you know, should have paid attention to and, and notice and, you know, whether my position in the company was, you know, sufficient enough to raise those issues, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but certainly um, things escalated very quickly when, you know, the merger um, happened with SkyMall. You know, all of a sudden there's a new CEO, which initially they put in as a co-CEO. And, you know, slowly but surely they pushed all the decision making, you know, away from uh, Chris Richard, who was the original CEO. And so it was kind of a, you know, a sleight of hand. And, you know, slowly but surely after that, um, we noticed that, you know, my division, which was really business development and trying to get design clients and higher profile clients, um, aside from our marketing contracts. And it became really apparent that, you know, even after winning some of these multi-six-figure contracts, that we were kind of de-incentivized and even had resources pulled away uh, from those contracts that we won and from being able to fulfill and put on, you know, other internal tasks on the SkyMall team. So it was, it was really a transition, not only in company culture, because we, 
moved out of the office that we built out and you know granted it was very expensive and for a bottom line it may have not been the smartest call long term but you know it was something that we built and we were shoved into uh, an office that was already full of sky mall employees so it was a really really strange time and yet there was another glaring sign that something wasn't right you know it's crazy uh, when i look back now I can remember we were waiting in anticipation for them to announce the Sky Mall merger. I mean, you would think with a publicly traded company and all the business we were trying to grow, that making an announcement like that to the world would be, you know, an important thing to talk about. But that never happened. As a matter of fact, we were told not to talk about it. And um, and and you know, when you look back now, it's like, did they ever really have plans? to grow the business? Or were they just trying to keep this under the radar so they could dismantle the assets? So what did this mean for Sky Mall? Because it seemed like they had a chance for a second chapter. But instead, they found themselves in Chapter 11. Look, there's a lot of speculation around what happened, actually, um, with the company. And at the end of the day, even though I was there, I can only speculate as well um, as I was not in the closed door meetings with um, Lance Mullins and the shareholders of Sky Mall when they really crafted this deal. So my interpretation from hearsay and, and trying to piece together the story from the public filings was that Sky Mall was almost DOA before the exhibit deal was done. So without you know naming names, they had a lot of debt to a certain shareholder who had influence over selecting the board. And although SkyMall had only 40% of the company, they did have some decision-making power over the people who were making decisions. And I mean, from what I remember, you know, if you read the corporate filings, the debt SkyMall came into the merger with was supposed to be paid back over a two-year period to its pre-existing shareholder. But somehow that debt repayment was accelerated and that left the company without any working capital. So, you know, someone was paid before considering the health of the existing business. And shortly after that, the company was forced to sell off, you know, or close down its two most profitable assets at the time, um, the Sky Mall loyalty program and and the in-house agency. Um, you know, from, from what I saw, that agency was, was by no means vaporware. You know, it had just completed a multi-million dollar project for GM and, and had been engaged by the People's Choice Awards to revamp their entire social platform. You know, they put a lot of work into getting those bids. And before they could even celebrate them, they were told by the executive team to call the clients and terminate the contracts as they were moving the company in a different direction. And upon the company's slow dismantling, only a chosen few could understand at that time why its valuation continued to increase at an unreasonable trajectory. So, so while the company was getting dismantled, you know, it was, it was confusing because as we were, you know, letting go of certain pieces of the company, the stock price was either staying the same or, or going up. Um, and uh, it, it, it really, you know, led for a lot of confusion for the staff inside the the company but you know w- once those deals were done to pay back that debt quickly it really left the company without any working capital um and and we had some big ideas i mean we, we brought in a special team um and i was a part of that team to look at how we could reinvent sky mall we'd even come up with an entire campaign that was 
you know, Sky Mall. We were the first people selling products in the clouds. You know, it was something to that effect, where where we would be looking to capitalize off the fact that now everybody was in this cloud technology, you know, buying products, and and we were trying to make this pivot from the physical magazine to the digital world, and you know, we we were excited about it. You know,、um, everybody on 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 our side. But again,、uh, as right up as we got up to to kind of launching that type of a concept or idea, we 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 were shut down again. In the end, the powers that be seem to have a different agenda for Sky Mall, other than bringing it back to life. In January 2015, Sky Mall LLC, along with several affiliated companies, including its parent company Exhibit. Filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Four months later, Sky Mall was purchased out of bankruptcy court by CNA Marketing for $1.9 million, with the new owners looking to relaunch the catalog business. Today, the site has affiliations with several brands and offers an array of products ranging from home and garden to electronics and pet supplies. Pretty much a bit of everything, but nowhere. Will you now find the garden gnome, or their iconic yeti, a character that at one time personified the success of Sky Mall? Sky Mall was piloted into a merger by a private equity firm that was sophisticated and knew how to structure deals to its advantage. This left many to wonder why this merger even occurred from the start. Some have speculated tax benefits. Others have thought both sides might have been misled to do a deal, and years later, through the conviction of Mullins, we see a glimpse of the intention behind what actually did occur, and what was left behind: a few convicted felons, a promising yet now defunct tech company capsized by a merger, and an endeared brand that today is no longer your flight travel companion. I guess it's just how they say it. What goes up must come down, and this one went down in flames. Thanks for listening to the Great Fail, a program that spotlights some of the most infamous case studies and failed businesses, brands, and ideas, and goes beyond that to garner lessons and wisdom so that we can all learn from the greatest mistakes. The research on each episode is extensive, but none of these episodes would be possible without the tireless efforts of researchers, writers, and reporters. They are all credited on thegreatfail.com under our show notes. Connect with us at the Great Fail Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and please subscribe, rate, and review so that we can continue bringing you more episodes. And remember, with great failure comes great liability.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.